0: issues, children, um, your work situations, and there might be fears in your lives, and we don't have any guarantee of how our future is going to be. Uh, Life could change quite considerably in the next decade, but there is one thing we can guarantee, and that is we have a God walks with us. Day in, day out, he walks with us. Uh, As we were praying, uh, we sensed the Lord leading us to Psalm 23. Uh, Most of you know, I'm sure you could even recite it. Some of you could even preach it. Um, And we are going to linger here this morning. Um, Psalm 23 is written by David um, And he was a shepherd. And he was not just a shepherd, he was a good shepherd. We know that because God says so in Psalm 78, that he was good, he was a faithful shepherd, that's why God chose him to be the king of his people. So, uh, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd... I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The word Lord there is, uh, if you are looking at your Bible, um, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That word means in the Hebrew, Yahweh. That was the name God gave himself In Exodus 3, if you want to go and read more about it, he gave himself to Moses. It's a relational word. I am. That's the way it's shortened for I am who I am. And it's interesting, just before he gives that name to Moses, he says to him, I have seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their cries. I have come down from heaven to rescue you and lead you into the promised land. That is your God, Yahweh. He sees your troubles. He sees your oppression. He hears your prayers, sometimes you feel like you've been praying for a long time and there has been no answer. He hears your prayers and He comes down from heaven. He has come down. Jesus has come down from heaven to rescue us and lead us to the promised land. He is a relational God, Yahweh. Who is this Yahweh? This is the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Three persons in one God. You know, some people think we need to come every Sunday and worship because we have a narcissistic God who needs worship from us. He doesn't. The Trinity, they are full of love. They are full of joy. They adore one another. They serve one another. They have fellowship with one another. They are self-sufficient. They don't need us. We need to worship because we need to know that we are not gods. We are created beings, and we need to know we have a God who cares for us. We are invited into this fellowship. We are invited into this joy, into this love. So this Yahweh says, I am your shepherd. What does that mean for you? You are the sheep. I know some of you get a bit offended that you are the dumb sheep because you feel like, you know what, I'm smart. You know, I run my own company, I run my own school, I I do my own thing, I'm in control of my life. Remember who God is. Compared to God, you are the dumb sheep. You are. Remember who God is. He is the creator of the universe. He created the heavens and the earth. He is the only uncreated one among us. He is nothing like us. I know we try to imagine and make God like us but he's nothing like us. We are created in his image, but we are nothing like him. In, in Isaiah 40, it says, he holds the stars together, and he calls them by name. And uh, everything what you see and don't see is created by him and through Jesus. He holds the stars in his hands. You know, you think of Milky Way, sometimes you could see it and you go, wow, that's kind of nice. You know, Milky Way, if you travel 300,000 kilometers per second, like that, you are 300,000 kilometers away. And if you travel for 100,000 years, we only live maximum 100 years, right? 100,000 years, at 300,000 kilometers per second you will be in mil- milky way that's how far and wide the galaxy is and he holds the galaxy in his hands and by his power they are held together this is your shepherd And the other thing David says is the Lord is my shepherd. Sometimes I think I like to say the Lord is the shepherd. It's like it's a general God, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. This means there is an intimate relationship between you and him. You have to have an intimate relationship. Then and only can you say, I have all that I need. This means you have to follow him. It means, it's not a one-time decision. So I made a decision to follow Jesus, you know, 10 years ago. You have to make that decision every day in 2020. It might be every hour, maybe every 10 minutes. You have to make the decision that he is your shepherd, that you are going to follow him. I I have a a good friend. He's a director of a camp. And in that camp, they have sheep about seven to 10. And usually there's uh, two young women who look after the sheep. And one day the two women went home um, and... uh, the sheep was there it was in a fenced yard and uh, one of the sheep got out of the fence and got lost and uh, he was looking for the sheep and and he was going on bah, bah, bah. couldn't find it and then somebody said no the sheep has a name so then he called the sheep by name nowhere to be found finally he found the sheep it was stuck somewhere and he's calling the sheep by name hey come come and the sheep wouldn't budge and he said finally I had to go and pick up the sheep and put it on my shoulder and carry it home he said it was quite heavy do you know why the sheep didn't come because he wasn't the sheep's shepherd the sheep only listens to the shepherd's voice It only listens to the, it's a very intimate relationship. I guess the closest we could come, we could comprehend is like a dog and a dog owner. You know, the dog listens to the master and follows it. But even that, it's not as intimate. Because remember, the shepherd lives with the sheep 24 hours a day. It's a very intimate relationship. David knew that. That's why he's saying the Lord is my shepherd. He calls you by name. He knows you. He intimately knows you. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he says, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Do you know Jesus' voice? Do you? Do you know to follow him? Also, shepherd always leads from the front. He goes ahead and he calls, and it says he gently leads them. If you read Psalm 78, verse 70 to 72. It says he gently leads the shepherd because there's ewes who are nursing the young and there's lambs, they are little sheep. They go, you know, we are very fast and furious people. We want everything done fast and we think big quantity. Usually shepherd leads the sheep. They're usually 10 to 20. That's about it, like usually. Um... And so it's, it's an intimate number. Uh, there's a story from uh, the book Shepherds Look at Psalms 23 by Philip Keller. He tells this story. He went to Israel and um, he was on a bus tour. And uh, the bus tour guide said, um, the shepherd always leads from the front. And he said, the shepherd never is at the back pushing the sheep. It's always... He's always in the front. And so they were going on the tour and then uh, all of a sudden they saw one guy pushing this sheep. And so immediately he stops the bus and he goes and talks to the, the guy who's pushing this sheep and going, what's going on? I thought shepherds don't do that. And he comes back and tells the bus, that's not the shepherd, that's the butcher. I want to give you a couple of minutes and I'm going to ask you some questions. If it helps you, you could close your eyes. I want you to ponder. What or whom am I following? What or who am I following? what is my image of god is he a butcher or a gentle shepherd is yahweh my shepherd (laughs) If he is not your shepherd, this is a good time to ask him to be your shepherd at the beginning of the year. Are you willing to follow him? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You know, sheep have a tendency to have tunnel vision, they only see what's in front of them. And if they go to a green pasture, they have a tendency to keep on eating. They don't know how to stop. They just keep on eating. If they are not in a good pasture, they could eat and eat even the the roots of the grass and then keep on eating the soil. That's the sheep's tendency. And so that's why the shepherd has to go and tell them to lie down in green pastures. Okay, you've eaten enough now. You can rest. I don't know about you. We have those tendencies. You know, we watched... Binge on Netflix, right? We watch Netflix one show after the other, you know, and want to finish the whole season. With our work, when we have too much, we just keep on working. Don't know when to stop. In our lives, if we have certain addictions, whether it's food, whether it's TV, whether it's shopping, we need a shepherd to say, okay, you need to lie down, you need to stop, you need to rest. Sheep are also very fearful animals. If, they, if the waters are rough, if they are gushing, they are too scared to go and drink from that. So the shepherd has to take them to the quiet pools so they could drink from it. I always tell the Lord, I said, Lord, I am a fearful creature. When things in my life go haywire, things are out of control, I get fearful. And I'm so thankful. Jesus knows me. He knows my frame. He knows I'm dust. I get fearful very quickly. He leads me to quiet places. He does that to restore my soul. You know, that is one of the Lord's greatest desire to do in your life, is to restore you, to bring shalom, shalom into your life. Uh Jesus came for that, to restore our brokenness. And that is his greatest desire. And he is constantly, constantly working to restore us. The longer I live, I realize we are creatures who are fearfully and wonderfully made. We need a one-day cycle, a 24-hour cycle. We need to sleep for eight hours and then work and then rest. We are also... Creatures that were created for seven-day cycle. On the seventh day, we are meant to rest. We are meant to refocus, realign, get our vision straight. That's one of the reasons why we come here. To get realigned, our visions correct. Because the Lord longs to restore us. And verse 3 says, He guides me along the path, right paths, bringing honor to his name. In the biblical times, uh, the name represented quite a bit more. Uh, It meant the character, your character. Bringing honor to his name is bringing honor to God's character. Who is God? What's his character? He's the perfect father. Perfect Father. I know some of us had not-so-perfect fathers who abandoned us, who wounded us, who hurt us, who disappointed us. But our Heavenly Father is nothing like that. He's perfect. He is compassionate, full of mercy, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithful, just, so he is going to lead you along the path that brings honor to his name for who he is. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am an accountant and uh, I have a consulting business. And uh, I usually plan to take uh, Christmas around 15th to January 7th off. That's my ideal work time. So like, I like to take it off. And uh, this past December, on December 13th, uh, one of my clients called me and the controller there was resigning that day. I was so stressed um, because the year end is December 31st. For those of you who are non-accountants, year end means lots of work, lots and lots of extra work. And then also these books were audited, so even more work. And to know the guy was going to leave before that, he reports to me, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Also meant I had to find another controller. And who's looking for a job on December 13th, right? People are winding down, wanting to take time off. I was really, really stressed. I was... Um we had given everyone, f- they have to give four weeks notice. And this guy said, you know what? I can't give four weeks notice. I'm going to give only one week notice. And I was angry. I was annoyed. I was overwhelmed, uh, sleepless nights, um, anxious. And the only thing I kept on saying was, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need even though I felt like I don't. I kept on saying that. And, and the more I said and more I anchored in him, I sensed the Lord saying to me, pray for the controller. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to, I was so mad. I'm like, you can't just leave. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to pray, Lord. But I did. I started praying for this guy, the more I prayed, I felt like the Lord inspiring me to pray for him for his transition. Um, anyway, I, I prayed for him and the next day I, uh, I had to chat with him. And I said, uh, after a conversation, I said, you know what? Leave well. When there is a closure, close well. End things well. It's a good thing for you uh, when you end things well um don't burn bridges and um so he was uh he was very quiet and then i said at the end i said you know i've been praying for you and he he seemed taken aback and uh he said oh and i said yeah i know it's a big transition for you going into a new job anyway he was quiet and we hung up and t- 2 hours later he called me back and he said to me angel i'm sorry I didn't do this well, did I? I didn't do this resignation well. And uh, then he said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work till the 3rd of January and then I'm going to come back after hours to help and finish the year end. I'm going to help you with that. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Because God is love. He didn't want me to be angry and have bitterness towards this man because he loves me too much. He loves to restore me. I'm not saying I'm out of the woods yet. You know, uh, Monday, there's no one to train the new controller. By the way, we did hire the controller and he have been trained for the last two weeks. But there's still stuff ahead. But he leads you in the paths of righteousness. We need somebody to lead us. We can't be led by our feelings because our feelings leads us astray. I know that's what the world tells us. You know, go with the gut, your heart. You know, sometimes our heart says, you know, I want to throttle the other person. You know, you can't go with what your heart says. I would have killed (laughs) Derwin. (laughs) we need somebody to lead us Jesus said in, in Matthew 18 unless you become like a child you cannot enter the kingdom of God why child because children are unable to make life work on their own they need an adult To guide them. Unless you become like a child. Unless you become a sheep. And he is your shepherd. We cannot enter the kingdom. Verse 4 it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. A couple of observations. I don't know whether you noticed the change. All this time it was third person. He leads, he guides. And now all of a sudden it's you and me. It's a face-to-face conversation. Dark valleys have a way of doing that. When you walk through the darkest valley, the shepherd is near you. Uh, The reason why the shepherd leads them through the dark valley is to take them to another pasture. Because sometimes the pasture, it's done. There's no more grass to eat. So the shepherd has to take them to another pasture. And he has to lead them through this narrow uh, pathway if the sheep kind of put the feet on the other side, he, he could fall into the, into the deepest valley. So he, they have to carefully walk this narrow pathway. And you know what the shepherd does? He comes close to them and he says, okay, now walk this way. You know, he, he guides them along. Uh, with uh, one of my... Um, when I was working full-time in downtown, uh, I remember one, one day my boss coming and telling me, um, Angel, uh, one of the controllers I've left in one of our clients, he just walked out, and uh, the books are in chaos. You need to go and, and work there for maybe two to three months. And I'm like, what? I don't know the accounting system. I don't, it was a manufacturing. I only know one module. I don't know all the others. I'm like, this is completely, completely out of my comfort zone. And he says, no, angel, you'll be okay. Just go there. And you know, I was there for over two months. I hated every day getting up in the morning and going to work. I hated every day. I would go, during the day, I would go into the bathroom and I would cry out and pray saying, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. You have to help me. And I had to... produce financial statements because the company needed financial statements to get the operating loan from the bank every month. So I had to produce the financials. Even though those two months were the worst, one of the worst two or three months of my life, looking back, I learned a lot. I learned that I could go into a chaotic situation and bring order into the accounting world. After that only I I realized, maybe I should go into business doing this on my own. If I didn't do that, I would have never done what I am doing now. Sometimes, the Lord leads you through this narrow, really scary Deep valley. The only thing you have is the shepherd is very near you. And he says, I don't have to fear because you are close beside me. That's the only thing you've got when you walk through that valley. But he is close beside you. But there are other times you are walking through the deep, dark valleys. Because we live in a broken world. We live among broken people, people who hurt us, wound us, disappoint us. We live in a broken world. Our bodies are breaking down. We have health issues. And those are scary going to the doctor and hearing the scary word. We live in a broken world. You won't sink. Even if the wind blows against you, only thing you know is that you have a shepherd with you. So in 2020, you are going to walk through dark valleys. Because did you notice the other thing? It didn't say, if I walk through the dark valleys, you are with me. It said, when, when I walk through dark valleys. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world, so you will too. It says that uh, your rod and your staff will comfort me. A rod the shepherd uses for the enemy, the lion and the bears that come to eat the sheep. He uses that and kills them. Uh, The rod Staff is to draw you close. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to ponder. If it helps, close your eyes. What are your fears for 2020? If you have a pen and paper, you could write them down. Or on your phone, you can write it down. What are my fears for 2020. Name it. When you name it, it has no power over you. Imagine the year ahead of you like a road. Imagine the shepherd walking with you. You don't know when the storm clouds are going to come. You don't know when there's dips on the road or when you have to climb up the mountains. But you have a shepherd who knows the way. He knows the path that he takes with you to take you to a greener pasture. You can trust him. Verse 5, it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Can you imagine God uh, preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies? What does it look like when you imagine it? enemies you know even we sang this morning about enemies who are your enemies Uh, it could be people in your life it could be uh, people you work with people who oppose you people in your school for some of us our enemies are our deepest fears they put us in crutches these enemies, the fears that we have. Sometimes it's the situations where we feel powerless. What does it look like when God prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies? I like the way uh, Message paraphrases it. It says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Some scholars say this uh, is a reference for when the Lord led the Israelites from Egypt to uh, Israel through the desert. And there the people grumbled in the desert. And they said in Psalm 78, verse 18, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Can God spread for these two million people a table for them in the wilderness? It's an impossible task. As I was praying for you this week, I sense some of you are in the wilderness right now. You are in a dry and thirsty land. Some of you are in impossible situations. You don't see your way out. I sense in my spirit the Lord saying, He's preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. In the the wilderness, He is preparing a table for you. Jesus did prepare a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. Our greatest enemy is sin, guilt, shame, and death. And that is this table. Like a good shepherd, he gave his life to save the sheep. This table reminds us of the cross. We have become overcomers because of Jesus' death and because he sent us the Holy Spirit. And this uh, first Sunday of 2020, we want you to experience that table. We want you to come and eat the bread, symbolizing Jesus' broken body. Drink the juice, which symbolizes Jesus' blood, a new covenant. And we are going to ask uh, two elders to come and stand beside there. And on your way, if you want to, they would anoint you with oil. And the oil symbolizing the Holy Spirit. That you would live an empowered life this 2020. That is our desire for you. That God would fill you with this Holy Spirit. Even as you are ready to come, I, I want you to think, you know what? All the guilt and the weight of sin that happened in 2019... You don't have to carry it into 2020. The regrets, the failures you have, it plays on you. You can leave them in the past because of what Jesus did. And so I want you to come through the middle aisle and uh, and take the bread and take the cup and I'm going to ask the the four. Elders, I asked them to, if you would come, two of you there and two of you here, um, there is anointing oil there. And uh, I want you to come through the middle aisle and go through the side. And um, I pray as they anoint you with oil, your drooping head would be lifted up by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Father, we thank you, Lord, for your body and your blood that was shed on the cross. It's through you that we have new life. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that you sent your Holy Spirit who gives us life to live this life. Fill us with your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.